Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're you're about about to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 190 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Mob Psycho 102, episode 1, where Mob does some psychic gardening, Mob runs for president, and Mob gets a girlfriend. Oh, oh man! One episode. This this episode is gonna blow your socks off and rip your paper up. Anyways, let's jump in. I was about to say like Mob Psycho one hundred and two, but when I was in school, I was taught. That if you say 100 and 2, that means 100.02. And that 102 is 102. To disambiguate, this is a show called Mob Psycho 100. And then there's a space and then there's the number 2. Because Mm -hmm. this is the second season of it. And then also, this is the first episode. <laughs> I yeah. almost didn't write three things because that series of numbers was just so confusing to look at. Yeah, so I want to get straight into these episodes, um, mostly because uh, we recorded our Monday this episode. <laughs> and also, we, we went over like uh, a lot of like life stuff and interesting stuff there. So if you're interested yeah, in catching up... The- we put all the anime news that we sometimes have at the beginning of these into the Monday pod also, because we did a slightly different format than usual. We usually skip the Monday pod, but if you're interested in like who we are as people, go ahead and listen to this week's. Yeah. So yeah. Although so who would be interested in that? Well, who could ever love a beast? <laughs> Anyways, um, let's go ahead. Said that and now I want just like, decadent southern beauty and the beast all right let's go <laughs> anyways uh blake let's tell let's tell us what happened previously on mob cycle 100 okay there's a kid named mob that's not his real name but that's what he goes by for everybody they said his real name in this and i was like huh that's his name huh but yeah everybody calls him mob all the notes call him mob we are gonna call him mob he is a psychic he's a very very powerful psychic uh, he's also a middle school student and he's a very very Uh, awkward middle school student. So he is just like deeply, deeply, deeply in the throes of not knowing what to do with himself and not knowing how to feel and not knowing how he feels or how to deal with how he's feeling. And he's just such a fucking middle school student, but he also happens to be an atypically gifted, like naturally gifted psychic who is basically like an unbeatable powerhouse when he cares to be. Um, he works for this guy named Reagan. Reagan says that he is a powerful psychic as well, but as far as we've seen so far, does not actually possess any psychic powers and is just a con man who has conned the super gullible, very trusting mob into believing him. And mob essentially looks up to Reagan as a powerful psychic that is giving him some work and teaching him how to be a better psychic in the process but reagan is doing that by being like this job is too easy for me so why don't you take care of it as a means to get by with pretending to be a psychic but never having to show psychic powers um mob has a brother who briefly appears in this episode we don't need to talk about him too too much uh, but he was jealous of mob because 
He didn't have psychic powers. He developed psychic powers through this, the first season, but he also worked very closely with the student body president, this kid named Kamuro Shinji. Uh, Shinji was a son of a bitch because he decided that some kids are bad kids and I want to mess with the bad kids because I don't know, I'm a dick too. And so he would take the kids that he thought were delinquents and plant evidence on them to show that they were stealing stuff or doing something inappropriate so that they would get into greater trouble or get suspended or expelled or whatever. Um, and so he, he's been running this racket and mom's brother got kind of wrapped up in that. So we, we audience had a little bit of a, a window into that, even though it didn't quite have anything to do with mob specifically. Um, there's also this girl named Mezato who showed up briefly in an episode in which mob confronted a cult. There was a cult leader who was gathering people into this creepy, creepy cult that was all about like good vibes, but in a creepy way. And uh, he ended up battling with and exercising an evil spirit from the leader of that cult. And this girl, Mezato, works for the school newspaper at the school where a mob goes to school. And she was present during uh, this, I don't know, psychic conflict. And so she, I guess, is aware of his psychic powers and um, uh, also of his previous interaction brief interaction with this cult um there's also the body improvement club which is a workout club that mob joined um they are a bunch of muscly bros who are extremely fond of mob and each other and working out it's an unfortunately not in a gay way but it is very charming and that's probably everything you need to know from last season there's a girl that mob likes i think she showed up in season one but i don't really remember it so i think we can skimp that and there is a uh an evil spirit that was exercised i think it was actually the evil spirit that was exercised from the cult leader but i can't remember 100 percent for sure if that's accurate that is um, that, that is spirit, accurate okay cool that spirit has come to be a sort of like periodic sidekick of mobs and goes by the name of dimple uh, he'll show up briefly at the end here. And yeah, we're only watching one episode today, as is tradition for a show that we're just starting. Even though this is the second season of a show we've been covering. But I'm glad we did it this way, because what an episode. Oh, <laughs> episode yeah, man. Uh, okay, so this episode is Mob Psycho 102. And it is uh, episode one of that called Ripped Apart. And then the... I think it's called a tilde. Is that correct? The little squiggly line? Yeah. Is that a call? No, I think it's called a Swinton. No, it's definitely. A, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a tilde. Um, what is tilde? Hold on. I got it. Hold on. Hold on. I have wow. To, I have to. You were the one who said we had to rush through this. And now here you go. Don't you, don't you <laughs> fucking call me out. A tilde. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Shape. Tilda Swinton is an actress. Oh my god, I hate you so much. She's been in many shows, uh, well, movies. <laughs> what? She shows I, up as I'm social pretty sure. services. Huh? Wait, it's, is it, a, I thought it was a Tilda, but it looks like Tildy. <laughs> but that's what oh, it with is. with the E? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's anyways. pronounced Tilda. I don't yeah, know. I think this so is too. completely anyways, pointless knowledge. It's, uh, we haven't even finished giving the episode title yet. Well, it's ripped apart Tilda. Someone is watching Tilda. 
So worth it. Thank you. You know, these tildes have appeared in previous episode titles, but it was never such a fucking to do. Yeah. Anyways, um, so uh so Mob Mob and Reagan are going off to deal with a farmer who has his farm has been possessed by an evil spirit. Um and this is this this show can make high art out of anything. It's just uh-huh. like well, first of all, it's also funny. There's some funny shit at the beginning oh, where yeah. they're like, "I'm a farmer and my crops are getting fucked up, and I can't have that." But also, I just do the farming as a hobby, so like, it's not that big of a deal. But I would like it to stop, though. But also, <laughs> I'm very poor and I cannot pay you. <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, Reagan is like, well, if you give us some of your farm products, that would be great. And he's like, oh, okay. It's just, <laughs> like, this cute little back and forth to get you started. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like him being just like, well, it is just a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I mean, it's not, like, hugely important, but I would like it to happen, though. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's, that's how I feel about my hobbies, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's okay. how I feel about basically everything in my life right now (laughs) well uh, like what i meant about this though is that this fight is as unimportant as it gets on this show um it is it is just it is just the first fight of this season it is not any sort of difficult fight for mob he is fighting against a relatively powerful spirit but he is so immensely powerful that it is not any kind of comparison for him um yeah it does i don't know what happens in this season it does seem like i'm not intending to make a pun here but i can't help it it does seem to be potentially planting the seeds for something to come later um because they get attacked by the spirit and the spirit one the spirit plays on the fact that mob is a good guy and doesn't want people around him to get hurt by threatening to hurt reagan uh but two mob realizes like the spirit isn't the vines the spirit is controlling the vines so I'm just going to control them harder. <laughs> yeah. And he does and he wins. And I'm like, it, it, it's played as this moment of revelation for mob where he's like, Oh, I didn't think about psychic powers that way, but I guess you could. And so he does. And that feels like maybe that'll pay off later. Yeah. It does not in this episode. The, the big thing as well is that the spirit is actually being controlled by a, um, or the vines are being controlled by a spirit whose body was buried inside of this, um, this farm. And so when mob finds the, the body, he's like, Oh no, you found my body. And he's just like, okay, I'm going to crush this. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's just such a good mix of the, like if you've watched the first season of mob psycho 100, it's, it's a really like microcosm of the, like really clever, cute, charming comedy of the series with the like gorgeous action sequences of the series. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, then we're going to go to mobs school. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where like the meat and potatoes of this episode is really going to come up. Um, yeah. Because this There's episode one thing that happens. And then the second thing that happens comes out of the one thing. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Kamuro Shinji is going to be resigning from student council. And the reason why is because all of the, the 
fallout from the first season's happenings where he was yeah. uh, blackmailing people and treating them horribly. Planting evidence. Yeah. Um, Not a good guy. And so instead um, they're going to be like mob. You should be student body president. Um, well, mob- specifically the girl that I mentioned earlier, the reporter girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does. She does this for a really fucked up alter- alternative reason or uh, ulterior motive where she's like, I remember the two of us got involved in this cult and then mob turned out to have crazy psychic powers and got rid of the cult leader. But there's all these fucking people who are susceptible to joining a cult and mob should be a cult leader, (laughs) but he has no charisma. So I'm going to trick him into running for student body president so that I can later trick him into being a cult leader. Yeah, it's she. <laughs> if if you were thinking to yourself, this girl, this girl seems like she might not be on the up and up. She seems well. <laughs> that is that is putting it mildly. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she's so. the shadow puppet master of uh, uh, Psycho One Hundred. If you didn't know, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, oh, so you're indicating that we might see more of this nonsense because I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, I've only watched the first episode of this this season because I, I didn't want to. Okay, well, we'll find out. Because Mob Psycho 100 is definitely the kind of show where sometimes they are definitely like throwing out something that's going to pay off. And sometimes they're like, well, this would be fun. So we'll do it this way. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, she, so she she wants to get him to become a cult leader, but he is an awkward middle school student i mean she's a middle school student too but she's got got her shit together a little bit better although she wants to create a cult leader so you know that's debatable but uh yeah she's like okay uh how can i convince him to become not such a fucking idiot well she correctly deduces that he has a bit of a crush on this girl uh that he grew up with one of their one of their fellow classmates a girl named subomi and uh, she approaches Mob and is like, hey, you've got a crush on her, right? And he's like, oh, God, how did you know? And she's like, well, the weird thing is, like, why would why would you be into her? And he's like, yeah, uh, you know, she's really pretty. She's cute, whatever. And she's like, well, you grew up together, right? So, like, either you're really good together or you're not. Like, it's not going to work out. And right now, the way things are going, it's not going to work out. But if you turn yourself around, she might be interested and I think that the way you can do that is by facing your fears and becoming a politician in the form of student body president. And Mob is like, I will do it. And then there's a training montage. Oh, man. And it's really good. Yeah, this training montage might be the best anime training montage I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> it's so good because it's really just making fun of like montages in movies. Yep. And is, also, like, the kind of training that characters go through in anime that are about other shit than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. So, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't... Mob goes up, and he does not become smart and able to deal with any of this. <laughs> each each just, person running for... St- each person running for student body president they're given five minutes to make a speech before the student body 
first of all, the person that gives the speech before him is Kamaro Shinji, the guy who just quit being student body president because he confessed to having been fully corrupt during his reign as student body president and stepping down as a result. And everybody's like, what the hell is he doing here? And the way that they do this is that you see the people who are giving their speeches, but you don't actually hear the speeches. So he walks up and people are bewildered by this. And then, and then there's like voiceover while he's giving a speech. So you don't actually have the content of it. Smart. It's a good way to, to move the story along without having to write different speeches. Then there's this moment where like he walks by and you just know that mob is up next. And there's this like, there's this moment when they pass each other and it's like, played to be very dramatic and intense and like oh here comes our guy and then he just fucking stands there in silence for five minutes and doesn't speak and the narrator's like it had never happened before (laughs) yeah and not only does he not speak he just stands there sweating at the audience (laughs) (laughs) he's just so awkward yeah (laughs) So, so he does not when in fact he comes in last place um also strangely enough kamaro shinji is re-elected as class president which i did not see but there's this like flash to explain why he's running again and like his friends or whatever are like you did a bad thing while you were student body president and so the only thing you can do now is become student body president again and then do what you can to make it right and i'm just like japanese people handle things differently than us (laughs) like respect because they the people in their society are generally much more duty bound than some of the fuckers we live with and if somebody in our society was a horrible enough person to do the stuff that Kamaro Shinji did there is not a person around that would trust them to do it right the second time and i say that knowing who one of the current frontrunners for the 2024 presidential election is but <laughs> In theory, most people would be like, nah, you fucked it up last time. You don't get a second chance. Yeah, uh, The Japanese are not that way. They just understand that Kamaro Shinji has like a sense of shame and obligation from the revelation of his actions and uh, probably from the fact that he was the one who revealed them. And so everybody's like, yeah, yeah, he'll do it right because that's who we are as a people. And I, I respect that. And also feel very different from it. <laughs> and then there is the secondary plotline. Um yeah, which is it's just this show is going <laughs> to go deep into your what you think is going to happen inside of this show um from the first season especially where there's some like connection points that you get that mob is growing as a person. Um, and he is starting to grow up. And that's one of the things that you're going to be getting from the show is that like a, a real, you know, a real person is inside of this super powerful, you know, uh, kid. Right. Um, and the way that it is told inside of the rest of this episode is beautiful. Mob is tricked and asked out by a girl who was just dared to uh, go out with mob 
And that's the only reason. Well, we don't know that at first. Yeah. It comes as a revelation later. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it is true. She's only dating him because of a dare. So here's the problem. Mob is so innocent and honest that when she reveals that she has been writing this novel, um, he reads it sincerely and he tells her that he's just like, it's really good. And it uses all of these big words and her response to this is so true to my experience with people in when I was younger and in middle school and high school where people in class are like, I don't want to raise my hand because if I raise my hand, I'm seen as the smart kid and I'm going to be kicked down because of it. And so she thinks that mob is talking down to her because of it and making fun of her. And and she is so realistic. She is just like, no, I, I mob's just like, no, it's, it's good because of that. And so she like, she like puts herself down and then her friends show up and then her friends are just like, yeah, she was just making fun of you and all this kind of stuff. And nobody's going to do this kind of novel stuff. And it's, it's, it's stupid. And she's like, yeah, it's stupid. And she's so she, before she goes with her friends though, like she, she has this conversation with him where she's like, why did I asked you out on a dare, but you never, you turned me down. And I thought this was odd. And because I don't remember him turning her down, but I, what I think happened is that he was too awkward to say yes. But what they did was they spent a week where every day he would walk home with her after school and he would skip the body improvement club to walk home with her. And that is a very common dating strategy in Japan based off of my experience watching anime about people who are into dating each other. Walking home with the person you like is like kind of a big deal. That's, that's your like, time to be together and to sort of like not be in that environment of school and have that freedom of like, it's just us. And, and he does that, but I guess, I guess because he never said yes, that she took it as a rejection of sorts. And so when she reveals that she was just doing this because she, her friends all thought it would be funny for one of them to go out with him because he choked during the presidential election. And she, was the one who lost the bet. So she had to be the one. But when she says this, she's like, you turned me down. And she seems a little hurt. And then she like, she tells mob, she's like, you don't, you're not like in touch with your feelings and I'm going to leave. And it seems like she's really hurt by this. And also, I think if I'm remembering correctly, she's like, at first I didn't get it. But now that I've spent time with you, I actually feel like I kind of see a little bit of myself in you. And like in the way that you're not in touch with your feelings, like seems relatable in a way that it did not before. And then she leaves. And Mob is having this moment where he's like, maybe I don't have feelings. And then he has this like montage of them walking and talking and sharing like an ice cream or something. And like, it's just these like still shots of them spending time together and being like quietly low key, happy around each other. And it is so gorgeous. And you're like, Holy shit. They like each other. (laughs) They were both in this sincerely. And like, mob was too awkward to like give into it and she was convincing herself that this was all just a joke Mm 
but she was having a great time and so was he. And it's so cute. And yeah, then she goes with her jackass friends. Yeah. And the other thing that she does, which is crazy, is that they peer pressure her into feeling so bad about the fact that she wrote something and made something of like out of her own, you know, wants and desires for creating something that she rips it into these little bits and scatters it into the wind. And mob yeah. is so and they, upset. By they this. say the same shit. They say the same shit that mob said to her, but they are joking. They are making fun of her. They're like, Oh, did you take this seriously? I can't believe somebody would like write a novel. And all oh, these words are so big. Like, who, do you think you're somebody, you know? And it's like, that's what she heard mob saying when he said, Oh, these are, there are some really big words in here. But he was like, no, no, that's not what I mean. Like, this is really cool. I really like this. Mm-hmm. And her friends sincerely are like, you're putting on airs. Yeah, they're, this they're sincerely bitches. Um, yeah, it fucking hurt to watch this. Like, this was this really hit close to home. Yeah. And then the, the most beautiful thing I think in the show so Ugh. far happens, which is that Mob uses his powers to gather everything from the air that is part of her novel. And he puts it back together with his psychic powers yeah. and gives it back to her. He also has this moment where he like, bef- right before he does that, he's like, I heard what you said about me not being in touch with my emotions. And I would like to try to be in touch with them more. And he tears up and then I tear up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then he does this thing where he he grabs this the shards and like you know what you see like they ripped it up into little shards and there's a pile of like just little scraps of paper with pieces of her novel on it laying there and I just looked at it and I was like this is gonna blow away in the wind because he's sitting there trying to pick it up and he's gathered it into a pile and I was like oh this is gonna blow away in the wind and then it does but then you're like wait he's a psychic maybe he could grab them but that's crazy. They're, sh- they're little shards of paper and how will he put them back? And then he does. And then he puts them back and the camera sweeps around and the music swells. And oh my God, this was so good. Uh, yeah, it is. It is one of the most touching moments in anime that I have ever seen from a shonen comedy anime. <laughs> it is so good. It is. It, this is where if you don't know Mob Psycho 100 two mob psycho 100 went from being a very good show to being considered to be a masterpiece um and this is what people point to um i decided after watching this episode when we were originally talking about covering this show for the first time i watched this episode because people were raving over this episode when it first came out i watched it I was like, this is unreal how much of a twist turn that they put on this. And I was like, I have to watch this fresh for the show. So every episode moving forward that Blake and I are covering, we are going to be watching completely fresh, spoiler free. And uh, I'm ready for this ride. You you guys, it's yeah. it's going to be it's going to be the shit. Um, yeah, this so, really I like. I really personally connected to this 
uh, in a lot of ways. I remember being the kid who was embarrassed about playing Yu-Gi-Oh and being into anime and all that stuff as a middle schooler. And like, I, you know, wrote fan fiction and didn't want to tell people about it because I was embarrassed that they would make fun of me. And like this, this girl's story, like really resonated with me. Like, I don't think I actually had friends that were making fun of me. Definitely not to my face. And I don't remember necessarily having that experience of like, sort of making fun of myself to save face. But like, yeah, I really connected with, with this girl and with like her hiding her passion or pretending like she wasn't into the thing that she was into and, and the like mob coming in and like, like having this emotional breakthrough by being just like super supportive. Like I kept thinking to myself, like, this is so wholesome. And like, it just felt like it was really emotional, but it was also so warm and comforting. And I just really, 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 really liked this episode. <laughs> this was so good. Yeah. And uh, we have to watch something else next week. Anyways, stick it with us. Uh, <sighs> these Boy, credits, do we. And uh, give you your homework. <laughs> we uh, will talk about what's coming up next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Got Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 130 to 133. Uh, where we're gonna we're gonna start a fight in the rain. Uh, if you thought uh, you were gonna get upset, oh no. Uh, if you weren't gonna get upset now. from Shippuden, uh, oh you no. you're wrong. Oh no. <laughs>